part three of three. Still don't Ooh. know where we're starting or stopping. Ooh. We're not responsible podcast owners. No. Enjoy. We tried. <laughs> So they decided to unveil the music at the party. So at dinner, February 15th, Dr. and Mrs. Clifton discover that they can no longer hear each other when they speak. Everyone can hear them, but they can't hear each other. So everyone can hear Dr. Clifton, a new disappearance. Already? Yes. And why is it only them? Dr. Clifton calls an immediately um, um, calls an emergency council meeting because he's getting calls saying, "I can't hear my husband. My wife can't hear me." Reciprocated love, romantic love. Oh, so she's not gonna be able to hear Will, and she, and George isn't gonna be able to hear Isla or something or other way around. Isla, <laughs> I know. Isla. All three sister cities, uh, reporting an inability to hear the person they love. Not necessarily married people, also. Hashtag messy. messy. How this guy's wife couldn't hear him, but he couldn't, but he could hear her. And how he couldn't hear the next door neighbor, and she couldn't hear, but she could hear her husband. Messy! messy. Uh, and it's, and it's defined as romantic love. Right? Uh, oh, and the no. next day at school... Biology is interrupted by the fact that um, disappearances are hitting a fourth town. So now a fourth town has been included in the Shit. disappearance list. Uh, Charlton got slammed with all the disappearances at once. Holy shit! Like not even like any... not even gradually. They got all slammed with everything: stars, dreams, moons, m- moons, stars, music. dreams, music. All of it, all at once. The Shit. sense of scent, reflection, done. Can you imagine being halfway done with your makeup and just having to go look like Bobo the Clown because you lost your reflection? Shit, dude. Anyway, um, Eliza's bitch ass decides to hold a, competi- a competing party. Assume that is the Clifton's. A competing party? A party that competes with the Clifton's party. Oh, okay. Or decides to hold a victory party, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Apparently, the person who always wins at stars is Margot Templeton, the girl who wants to eat George's heart. Oh, George. Yeah, 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 yeah. And another Tempest uh, race is that evening. B and uh, George tell uh, Isla, and Isla's waiting for Will to invite her, like he did the first time. She hears him come to her, her door. Mm-hmm. Doesn't hear him speak. Doesn't knock. Doesn't speak. He sneaks out the front door. Ooh. Isla, being the petty bitch she is, opens the windows so her curtains will fly out and he'll see that it's open when he's coming back and waits up for him to come back. And they have a fight about it. And just oh, the so whole page. Hear each other. Yeah, nice. the whole page two ninety six conversation or two sixty nine conversation is worth it because they be scathing. All right, have fun. I ask pointedly. I didn't realize you needed me to invite you. I figured George or B did. I told you last time I wanted to go with you, and you promised my father you wouldn't. So did you. I retort. 
And there's 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 lines of things in between. Yes, so I'm just like, I'm just going just with the dialogue. dialogue yeah, uh, I'm sorry. It gets, it just gets complicated with us living in the same house with you not being from here. I wish things could be different. Do you? It seems like things are working out pretty well for you and your family, just the way things are. Okay, Isla. He says, and then he goes to bed. He says, and then he leaves. He's like, all right, Isla. Sure. Fine. All right. Fine. Fine. And she's like, I love how it feels like I won and lost. Great. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, great. Um. Okay, so then Isla decides to walk home from school the next day by herself. Oh, no. With the Shakespeare book. Okay. Uh, that morning in the kitchen, Mrs. Clifton was, like, all cry teary-eyed and gave Isla a vial of Mind's Eye. Mm-hmm. Because of how much they both miss her mom. Miss Julia. What does mind, Mind's Eye do? So Mind's Eye is a memory variant. You spread it on your eyelids, and it helps you access memories and things you haven't oh. thought of. Yeah. So... Isla swings by the charred remains of the house and finds that someone has been doing work and painting and making things from the ruins. Like, the collapsed bricks that were from the chimney are now been put into a bench. The word catalyst has been painted over. The floorboards are being replaced. Shit like that. Will you sweet boy? Will you sweet boy? Will you sweet boy? And so... Ah! Yep, so she uses Mind's Eye, she sits down on the thing, and she, she just wants to know who the fuck Stefan is, because no one will tell her. Mm-hmm. She puts the Mind's Eye on and thinks the word Stefan, and has this montage of her mom accidentally calling Miles Stefan. Uh-huh. Of, like, several different times. Yeah. And then goes through memories with her mom for the rest of the Mind's Eye. Because she's just sad. And she looks down at the Shakespeare book, which she had opened in her lap, and I'd flip a couple pages to a sonnet. Page 273. Let's see. I love book club with Rachel. Book club with Rachel. When none of us read the book and Rachel just oddly describes the book yeah. to us. My love is strengthened, though more in seeming. Though more weak in seeming. I love not less, though less the show appear. That love is merchandise whose rich esteeming the owner's tongue doth publish everywhere. Our love was new, but then in the spring, when I, w- when I was wont to greet with my lays, as, f- as Philomel in the summer's front, front doth sing, and it stomps his pipe in growth of riper days. Now the summer is less pleasant now, not that the summer is less pleasant now, that when her mournful hymns did rush the night, but that wild music burthens every bough, and sweet, gro- and sweet grown common lose their dear delight. Therefore, like her, I sometime hold my tongue, because I would not dull you with my song. Hmm. Philomel, I think. Of course. We then find out Philomel means nightingale in Latin. I would not dull you with my song. It is a Shakespeare quote to losing the music and finding it in nightingale. Insert angry Rachel for not... Oh, and also there's... Reference to losing the song in uh, the Queen Mob speech from Romeo and Juliet. So, insert angry Rachel for not thinking of the Queen Mob speech. Alright, so now we have a full list of variants and um, disappearances and the Shakespeare it relates to. This is a five page long list. 
We are at two hours. I will post this part on Instagram. All right. Because it's a cool list. Uh, it's compiled by her and B. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, it's... I, I, I also haven't slept. Yeah. We're coming up on 24 hours since I've been awake. Yeah. So, um... We're not going through the full five pages. Yeah. We don't have time, time to unpack all of that. A, cor- a curse taken from the pages of the bard himself. Willie Shakes. So now we go on to Stefan. Uh, 220, February 20th, 1943. They're in the same timeline now. Victor's creating a black market buzz for the virtues. Victor likes to deal mostly in the black market since half of his... Uh, that's Larkin. Mr. Larkin. Since most of his virtue, since most of his variants are illegal anyway. Um, so, Stefan was never in love with Juliet, is what we get from this chapter. Oh. Then what was it? Or who was it? Alright, Riley. Who was Stefan actually in love with? Who was what he called his, quote-unquote, little red bird? Matilda? Yeah! She Matilda Clifton. Matil- I was hoping you wouldn't get that. Because well, I forgot fuck about it. Fuck it, I got it! Yep. Eleanor Cummings, Julian's adoptive mother, also adopted Stefan. Matilda's Juliet's best friend. Matilda never looked at him with anything but kindness. Never treated him with anything but kindness. Aww. Matilda Clifton is the nicest person to exist in this entire book. Yep. Hands fucking down. It's like all the Cliftons at the top, and then everyone just... Everyone else skimming the bottom. Skimming the bottom, including um, the main character. Yep. Uh, Isla's okay. She's not awful. She's at the top of the... She's at the top yeah. of the... Of the, of, the, of, the, of the scum. Of the scum list. <laughs> yep. 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 I love Isla, though. So he still loves her, and he's never loved anyone before or after. And he tells about when he fell in love with her, which he might tell... I think he tells later. Yeah, he tells later. Alright. So, from town... Here we go. Miles steals a telegram from El- Eliza's mother saying to postpone the party because she will not be in town for it or the tournament. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's no good. On, <coughs> on Eliza's behalf, that's no good. Yep. So then Isla is given some of uh, the dream variant that they create. Mm-hmm. By Miles, as an apology, kind of. Yeah. Along with the telegram. And he tells her what their mom used to tell him. May your dreams be filled with stars and not shadows. So, dream mom telling Isla not to treat Miles in a way which she'll regret, because regret doesn't always come right away. Yeah. Why would she say that? Stefan. Uh, so, what do you know about Twelfth Night, Riley? Not a lot! Uh, <laughs> uh, Viola dresses up as a man because she's in love with the prince who's getting married to like this other princess, I think. Or like lady or some some royal status. Um, and then that the the prince the the, the uh, this is stressful with the Jeopardy music! <laughs> uh, you didn't get the point I wanted, so it doesn't matter, and I'm not telling you anyway! Uh! I'm not telling you in a way, but this is the point that I ruined for myself at the beginning of the book. Do I get to find out later or no? You do. You do. You absolutely okay. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Isla. What does this say? 
Oh yeah, so Isla, the, the the dream then morphs into that nightmare she had been having, touching her mom's dead corpse while it's surrounded by floors. Isla's sobbing over her dead mom in dreams brings Will to her room. He wakes her up, holds her until she is no longer crying, and then sleeps on the floor by her bed to make sure that she's okay. Oh! Oh! If I read this when I was 13, dude! Dude, I read this now and I'm like, fuck me, man. That's Diana Ross. Um, I feel like Stefan's just a douchebag. What? Nice bear quote. Fuck me, Matt. It's Diana Ross. Fuck me, Matt. It's Diana Ross. I feel like Stefan's just a douchebag sad boy. Because he is. He that, is. that is a quote that I put in the book earlier. He's a fedora tipping nice guy. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and he wasn't even that nice to Matilda. No. He was never that nice to Matilda. Anyway, um, Isla asks Miss Clifton about Stefan finally. The first thing she says was, Stefan was an unhappy person. Still is. She never says anything bad about him other than he was never quite happy. And he grew up to be continuously unhappy. Um, and she doesn't say more than that, really. Yeah. Um. All right. Mrs. Clifton drops the bomb that Juliet wrote her right before she died, and that the disappearances hit her as she was dying. Oh, no. So there's a quote from, that Stefan uses earlier about, um, uh, Juliet telling him a riddle. Uh, and let me read you that riddle. It's on my phone. So this audio is going to sound like shit while I do this. Oh my god, phone. Please unlock. Okay. What needs darkness to grow instead of light? She asked me one night when we were younger. I give up, I finally said. Isn't it obvious? Her eyes flashed with more silver than gray. Secrets. So Mrs. Cummings asked her the same thing. She says, you know, there's a riddle your mom used to tell me. Uh, what needs darkness to grow instead of light? Hope. Oh. 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 That's so... Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ow. So... Uh, so we go through to the next day. Will's acting weird. Um, and, uh, so they're walking home. Will's acting weird, even though she's apologizing. Yeah. Like, he seems to accept her apology, but it's, it's odd. Um, and lighthearted flirting continues. Okay. But it's odd and kind of, their conversation is odd and a little disjointed. He can't hear her. Yeah. He says when... He's making wild guesses based off what... I'm pretty sure he can't hear her at this point. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Because... You can guess what people are saying. By watching their lips. By yeah. watching their lips and like... Enough. Know, and yeah. knowing their vocabulary enough. Yeah, but, yeah. So, uh, she sneaks into the library again at night. Or she sneaks into the library again when they get home. Will goes up to his room and starts homework. And looks up the definition of Lumoava in a, like, world's dictionary to find... A multi-dictionary. Multi-language dictionary. So what do you think it means, Riley? I won't play the Jeopardy theme this time. Play the Jeopardy theme. Yeah, I know you want to. I want to play the Jeopardy theme. <laughs> Um, wait, you get 15 seconds. What do you think it means? My love, something along those lines. No, light. Closer. Lamp. Lamp. (laughs) God, I love lamp. Sunshine. 
Light Against Darkness? Enchanting. Aww. In Finnish. And see, so the thing about the Finnish is, earlier in one of their walks home, he had asked about the weird game they play where they say words in Finnish. And she's like, oh, you mean the finishing word. Uh-huh. Aww. And so when he said you would get it eventually. Oh. Jesus. Well. Ah. Yeah. Get you a 17-year-old boy like Will. I'm 17. Where? Bitch, where? Please. Where? So I'll take anyone. She finds that night at dinner. She can't hear him. No! No! Yep. She begins to avoid Will. To avoid the fact that she can't can't hear him. So she goes to school early. She stays late. And she has dinner at B and George's house. This goes on for five days. Days. Until the tournament is now a week away and she can no longer avoid Will. You know who would have solved this problem five days ago? Telling Will. Open communication! Riley, they can't hear each other. (laughs) Notepads exist! They do exist, and they do exist in the book about not being able to hear each other, too. Um, Okay, so... The disappearance is related to much ado about nothing. So she thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Beatrice and something quote. Let me find. I meant to write the page number there, but I didn't because I love being stupid. Charlton. Stupid. 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 da 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 if you are so stupid. Do you like Shakespeare? So we can put the exile theme under this or what? Put the Jeopardy theme again. God, please no. Do My you... trauma would not. Maybe I... Oh, yeah, okay. Um. Yeah. Speak low if you speak love. Silence is the perfectionist herald of joy. Speak, cousin, or if you cannot, stop his mouth with a kiss and let him not speak either. Yeah. No, a kiss doesn't solve it. Aww. That's what I wrote in the book, too. That's what I thought, too. But no. It's because that's the obvious one. Yeah. So, um, and so now we're at the party at the Clifton's, which is tonight. Mm -hmm. And it's night for the tournament. Oh. And we're back, or so that's what we're getting ready for. And Isla is at the, uh, she's buying another Shakespeare autobiography at the bookseller. And there's the paper for the day, and she's on the cover. She's on the front with Eliza as like the two foils the one who's won everything, and the newcomer to town, even trying to do, try to overtake a sport that's never been won in Sterling. Yeah. Um, so her full name, her picture, whatever. She totally forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's too much going on. Yeah. So now we're back to Steve. Stefan. So Stefan's at a diner with Larkin. Uh, and uh, Victor tests... So Larkin tested the virtue from the nurse on, like, some crackhead, and it worked. The piece worked. Yeah. So at dinner, uh, Victor sees the 
Victor has a uh, newspaper with him. And uh, no, yeah, Stefan sees the article and sees Isla, who looks literally just like Juliet. At least she's not wearing the ring in the picture. She's not wearing the ring in the picture, correct? Uh, and knows who she is immediately. And now knows where to find her. Uh. And thanks to Larkin, knows who she's staying with. Fuck! And that night, and Larkin tells him, well, there's a party that night. Too many people. Maybe we can go tomorrow. Day of tournament. So now we're back to the Clifton's. The Mrs. Clifton had, the, okay, so when they went to town to get uh, the school supplies at the beginning, they also got custom uh, school uniforms. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the 40s, I guess. So the tailor had her measurements, mm-hmm. and Mrs. Clifton had the tailor make a brand new gown for the party for the evening. Oh! And it's a beautiful blue. The nicest people! It's a beautiful blue that brings out the blue-gray of her eyes and the auburn in her hair. Ah, oh, like Anastasia. Yeah. Mrs. Clifton also does her hair for her and puts a reflection God, what a vanity up and Jesus. puts some red lipstick on her and just it Mrs. Clifton. Mrs. Clifton. Mrs. Clifton. Uh Eliza arrives in scarlet red, which is the exact opposite for her blue. Um B's bomb on page 311. So B drops a bomb on 311. Oh, I know what this is. The, is it the secret? No. You know, he made a promise to her when they were 14 that he would bring her to the Christmas ball. And with mind's eye, there's no getting out of old promises. Oh. He didn't ask Eliza to the Christmas ball because he, he liked her. her. He asked her because she reminded him about it. Ooh. And then, she, and then it didn't even happen. So, <laughs> And then it was canceled. So, <laughs> uh... So, and then they reveal the music towards the end of the party, or towards the middle of the party, after food, and people are crying and just having a fucking hullabaloo about it, because of the... And this goes on forever. You want to cry? Read the underlined of page 313. Yeah, we're reading a lot in this book club today, aren't we? I mean, we might as well. This is my podcast. She's been avoiding him, obvi. They can't hear each other. And Eliza kind of just sunk her hooks in him and had him go around the party with her like they were running for office. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so from across the ballroom, he mouthed hi. Hi, a safe distance. I say from a safe distance across the crowd. I know him well enough now to know to recognize when he's truly happy. His eyes are bright, his jaws unclenched, and for the first time tonight, I am certain he is no longer pretending. Ah! <laughs> yeah, so later in the evening, she hears the girl older Karens talk about how much she looks like Juliet and all that shit. And then Mrs. McElroy calls her out and I was to put also tag yourself. I'm George's mom drunkenly looking for cocktail shrimp. You're not even drunkenly. You just, I'm just looking for cocktail cocktail shrimp shrimp. (laughs) because she goes, she literally as the lady, as as she's, as she, as Isla's eavesdropping on these two ladies talking about how much she looks like Juliet and how maybe they've been unfair to the child. Uh, Mrs. McElroy goes, Isla, what the hell are you doing? And then I was like, just going to bed. And she goes upstairs to try and go to bed. Miss McElroy is now like, where's, where's the cocktail shrimp? <laughs> and I had never related to a woman more in my life. I was like, shit, that's me. That's me. So Isla starts up the stairs to go to bed. But Will follows her and 
pulls her aside and confronts her and asks her why she's been avoiding him and if he's done anything wrong. Halfway through reading his lips, and, you know, it's so obvious when you're reading lips because you try to go back and forth between the eyes and the lips. He goes, you can't hear me, can you? And she takes a big-ass breath and shakes her head no. And he kisses her. Yeah! Because he hasn't been able to hear her either. And they go into her room and they get on a notepad. I can't hear you either. Since when? A while. And my theory is it starts on that walk home when, yep. when the conversation was all disjointed. Yep. As soon as the Clifton's couldn't hear each other, I was literally waiting for the moment. I was hypervigilant for the waiting. moment for when he, they wouldn't be able to hear each other. Yeah. And I figured she wouldn't be able to hear him first, but when that conversation came about, I was like, he can't hear her. He cannot hear he her. He cannot hear her. All right, now we're back to fuck-ass Stefan. And they kiss some more, and then he goes to his bedroom. Like a gentleman! I love it. I, I literally, I like, the first time I read that, I cried. I cried. And I, you know, it, Phineas is dying. Yes. Established. Phineas borrowed money to buy a stone that was supposed to, quote-unquote, protect life and save Stefan's mom. That's why he was in debt, and that's why the stone is important, because the stone has a healing, protective pro property. Oh, no. It came with a package deal with a box that was heavy as sin and was supposed to be hidden, divided, and hidden. Among the, among the four cities? He buried the content in three separate places. That's what's on the maps, where he buried them. Stefan tells Phineas that he doesn't want to end the curse. And says, the curse is your legacy. And with his dying breath, Phineas says, no, Stefan, you are my legacy. Oh, no. And with that, Stefan's headed to Sterling. Oh, fuck. But then what about the forest city? How did it transfer over there? They dug up something. Like, Stefan moved something by accident. Literally, it was movable by accident somewhere in there mm -hmm. that I didn't quite clearly grab. All right. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't caused by whatever bullshit's going on here. It's not a plot hole. It's just something that we skipped It's just over. something that my brain skipped over later in the plot. Because right. I was reading this book at 7 a.m. And uh, we are an hour away from me being awake for 24 hours. So. So. Um, now we are at the tournament. The tournament is here. Uh, Isla watches Margot Templeton's actions and realizes she doesn't want to kill George. She has a crush on him. Oh, fuck. Isla gets 100 points. Isla is dead last at the end of the first round. And then the second girl uh, between her and Margot fucks up. And so Isla moves up in the second round. Mm -hmm. And in the last round, she knocks over the candle, but then the flame goes out. So that's 100 points. But it doesn't ignite anything, so that's... Yeah. Whatever. Margot's flame ignites. Third time that's ever happened in history, she gets an automatic 150 points. She was already in the lead. Yeah. Unless she got three bullseyes in that round. Uh, there was no chance that Isla could have won. Isla would have won. 
Isla would have won unless Margot got three bull bullseyes in the last round because oh, she because she got those hundred points for the fire. Oh, okay. But then Margot got one hundred and fifty points. Yeah. From her own fire. Um. Stupid. But Will family. kisses her and then she feels less bad about getting second. Yeah, I mean, like second is better than. And literally pulls up the sleeve on his arm and goes, "There's always next year." It's written on his arm. And then I wrote, fuck you, Stefan. Is that what Juliet told you? Okay. Oh, I don't like that. Stefan reveals part of the reason he is so mad at Juliet. And why Juliet is like... So, Juliet realized that she was she could see her reflection at 17 and Mar- and thought it was cured for everyone. So marched a bunch of other 17-year-olds down to a pond, but all they could see was Juliet's reflection. Oh. Stefan, being weak because he's a sickly kid, gets there after everyone's gone and Juliet's not there anymore and yeah. everyone's dispersing. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, this is only... Usually Stefan's pages are like three pages long. This is one page. Jesus. And... He's sweating because he's so close to Sterling on the train and he doesn't like it. And he remembers... Leaning over the water, hoping to see his own reflection. He didn't. So he goes back to town. He's super tired. He sees Matilda, and he loves Matilda. He loves he loves her. Yeah. He loves her, uh, and he suddenly felt much lighter, brighter, um, and she'd been beautiful. Have you seen Juliet? Matilda asked. No. What's wrong? I couldn't see my reflection. Ne- don't feel bad. Neither could anyone else. She says kindly. No one but Juliet. That's why we need to find her. But why her? The question exploded. With such fierceness that Matilda dropped my arm and took a step back. It doesn't make any sense. If Juliet can, then why can't I? Oh. What do you mean? Matilda asks. It should have been obvious. Because I'm her brother. But you're not related by blood. Is that what Juliet told you? So the relation to Twelfth Night is Violet and Sebastian, the twins separated at birth. I did not know about that, though. The minute I saw his name started with an S and she called herself Viola when talking to him, my brain went, oh, Violet and Sebastian, or Viola and Sebastian. Right? And then I thought it was wrong the entire book because he seemed to be in love with her until he revealed he's in love with Matilda, and I'm like, Viola and Sebastian! And then that, and I was correct. Shit. They are twins. Juliet took Eleanor Cummings' name as to not be associated any longer with their father, whereas Stefan kept their father's last name and just never corrected anyone when they thought they weren't related or when she thought they weren't, when they thought she wasn't related to him because he was confined to the home anyway and couldn't go to school anyway. There was one year where he was almost well enough to go to school and he slept 
holding his school uniform as if it might have slipped away. But he was still too sick. So Juliet got to go to school and make friends and have fun. Well, he was confined to his home, studying birds. Oh, that's so sad. It is sad, but you don't become a sociopath off of that. No, but it's Quasimodo sad. was still a nice person. Yes. And he had far more problems. Let's start there. Which then leads to the last time he saw Juliet alive, which isn't, which is the next Stefan chapter, but we've got other shit to do. So Isla um, is given her the final star that she threw as a token of the tournament. Alright. She puts it in her pocket. Um, you think, so that night, to commiserate, celebrate, whatever, George has a bonfire at the house for him being uh, Isla. And she tells him, she's like, oh bitch, Margot likes you. And then he goes, you think Margot likes me? I guess she is kind of cute. And I just wrote, boys are so easy. Boys you put so one easy. little thought in that head and they're like, mm, oh, I guess. All right. All right. I guess she uh, has. I guess. I guess. Uh, George finally sees the Shakespeare connection. Now that they have like so many to show them, he, they found them all. They found all the variants, all the disappearances, mm-hmm. everything in Shakespeare. And so now George is like, well, why didn't you tell me earlier? And, and B is literally like, well, you shut her down so hard the first time, asshole. Correct. And so um, they're, looking at, they're looking I'm at Shakespeare B. note. They're looking at Shakespeare book and something falls out. And it's a note that was hidden in the back of the book with the ring. But because she took the ring out so quickly, she never saw the note. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Stefan finally signs it as Sebastian. It's a note sent to Juliet from Stefan. Saying that he's creating something and that he wants that fucking ring. Having scoured through Shakespeare for months now. Iola, Iola, fuck, Isla automatically gets the Viola Sebastian automatically realizes that's her uncle that's his her her brother realizes oh fuck takes the variant the 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 tempest that uh uh what's his name george has out on the table and fucking dashes back to the cliftons she passes eliza on the way eliza Whose car broke down and was going to the train depot to pick up her mom. Who, if you will remember, is not coming. But she doesn't know that. Because Miles took Because me. Miles took the telegram. And Eliza, feeling bad, or Isla, feeling bad in that moment, goes, I took the telegram. I'm sorry. Your mom's not coming. Do you have any Tempests? Because she ran out by the time she gets to uh, uh, Isla. And I was like, if I had one, would I be standing here with my broken down car? And so I was like, fuck that. Fine. Okay, whatever. I'm so sorry. And dashes runs the west of the way, the rest of the way to the Clifton's, and because she says that she took it, she doesn't want to get Miles in any more trouble, right? Yeah. Um. So this takes us to seventeen-year-old Stefan finally attacking Juliet. The last time he sees her, 
he explodes at her. And it's justified, honestly. It's completely, like, you see it, but also... Jesus. Yeah, it's... Alright. So he goes, he just bum-rushes past Mrs. Cummings. Goes up to Juliet's room. And she asks, have you come to join the witch hunt too? In case you haven't heard, everyone hates me. Well, maybe you deserve it. Stefan, how could you what could you possibly mean? I know we haven't been close lately. Do you know what it was like to grow up with you? You never even considered what it must have been like for me. Day after day, waving goodbye to her from... And then this is not him speaking anymore. It's yeah. the thoughts. But day after day, waving goodbye to her from her, the window as she skipped off to school, spending her days laughing with friends and learning with real teachers, running home on her perfectly strong legs. It was hard enough to grow up as an, is, as an isolated cripple without you parading your life in my face at every turn. And then she sits down. Where is this coming from? But that wasn't enough. You, had, you took my thistle for the variance. That thistle could have been the thing that finally made people see me, but you needed that all for yourself. And then Matilda. What could this possibly have to do with Matilda? She asks. And then he, it, this is his non-dialogue. Matilda, sweet Matilda, the girl who had come home with Juliet so often that she'd practically grown up in our house. The only person outside my family who had ever really spoken to me. The only person, including my family, who had ever really listened to me. I would have loved her, treated her so well. And I, I, I underlined this and put, dumb bitch, sad boy. Because I get it, but also, God, what an insult. What an insult. But Juliet had taken it upon herself to push Matilda right into Malcolm's arms. Mat Juliet saw Matilda and Dr. Mm -hmm. uh, Clifton just falling in love, and she made that happen. Oh. Tell me then, my dear Viola, why does Matilda think I am your foster brother? It wasn't about you. I don't want people to know about him locked up for being a grave robber. She tries to put it on her dad and she's like, and he's literally like, fuck you, dude. And she asks, can you please understand? I don't ever want to see you again. So maybe it isn't everyone else in Sterling who is wrong. Maybe we're all exactly right to hate you. Fuck, dude. And he Shit. turns his, his back on her. And that's when Larkin takes him to the com... com to the Clifton home. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stefan's chapters are immensely sad, but you also realize he's a villain. He's a and he villain gets, through he and gets through. far more villainous. This pen is actually dead now. He gets far more villainous in the next 20 pages. That's not a good sign. If you get worse as you continue. Right as she, Isla gets to the gates of the Clifton residence, she hears something. What does she hear, Riley? Stefan and the bad person, other person, Larkin. breaking in. Uh, rummaging around. Um, people screaming. Mrs. Clifton screamed. No! Stefan hits Miss, Mrs. Clifton with the hypnosis variant. No! And then sprays it across Will and Dr. Clifton. And they are frozen. They are zombies. Very much what you think hypnosis to look like. And she's hiding in the bushes. She crawls over the wall, mm -hmm. hides in bushes before Stefan can see her. Yeah. Um, the stone is called a Helena stone. Helena in Midsummer and in another one. 
is in like All's Well That Ends Well, I think. I always forget about All's Well That Ends Well. Whatever. She's in, in the in the one that's not Midsummer. She's uh, a lot. She's referenced as a healer a lot. Mm-hmm. Helena Stone. Um, as Isla's trying to find, she realizes that's what he's after. As she's trying to find the crevice that Miles hid the the stone in. He comes up behind her. Stefan comes up behind her and hits her with hypnosis variant. No. While she's accepting her fate, she realizes he has the same knob on her ear, on his ear that she does. Fuck. And, uh, yeah. She, she lies under hypnosis, which means she's not hypnotized. He asks her where it is and she says her dad has it. Miles comes home and Stefan calls him out to the backyard where everyone is and all the zombies are. Oh, fuck. And Stefan is just shocked to find that Miles is an exact copy of him in the way that uh, Isla is an exact copy of Juliet. Yep. Which explains why when uh, Isla used Mind's Eye... She kept calling him Stefan. She kept calling him Stefan. Um, so... While he's distracted with Miles, Miles flinches at something behind Stefan. And Stefan puts up his hand, and Isla cuts off three of his fingers with a throwing star. It would have hit his jugular, and he would have gone fucking down if he had not put up his hand. Uh, but with that, Larkin ties her to a uh, chair outside with a belt and cuts off a lot of her airway. And Stefan's flipping out because now he's missing three fingers. He can't use his virtue. He can't inject it. <laughs> so he Larkin has Larkin can. do it. And he's like, Larkin, you just gotta inject it and then pull out the dial- vial again. Larkin doesn't go for Isla. He goes for Miles. Goes for Will. Goes for Matilda. Goes for Matilda. Ah! Larkin goes for Matilda. And Stefan can't hear what Matilda says. Oh... But he pulls out her piece, which is so pink it's almost golden. Because of course it is. God, we hate villains. Yeah. Stefan then shoots Larkin in the heart with his own gun for doing that to Matilda. As, and, um, Dr. Clifton and Will break out of the trance. Mrs. Clifton regains consciousness, gives a hollow laughter, and then does nothing but scream. Her mind's broken. Mind's fucking broken. So they take her upstairs to the bedroom. They put her on the bed. And she's just, she's like, she's screaming, it's nonsense. There's, she, she can't recognize anyone. She's literally, she's not seeing, she, she's not hearing. She's just screaming. And the police, because of course the police were called. The police bring up Stefan and he's like, you gotta let me try and re-inject the piece. Because if anything will work, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah doesn't do anything. Reinjecting the piece does not do a single thing. It does not help at all. Who gives up their piece? So Isla is upset, obviously. Um, and she's swear that she should never come here. She should never come here because everything would have been better if she hadn't have come. If they had never co- come. So I, uh, Eliza brings Isla a sack full of Tempest. 
to make up for all of it and for the fact that she feels bad about Mrs. Clifton. Everyone feels bad about Mrs. Clifton. It's like someone died. So people are yeah. bringing, like, casseroles and yeah, people fucking Mrs. McElroy. Community. Fucking Mrs. McElroy is the one organizing it all. That woman. That woman. That woman. She's me. But that's fine. Um, so Isla then asks George, B, and Eliza to come back at 9 the next day to try and figure out how to end the curse. Because they're hoping if they end the curse, not only will it end all the disappearances, but save Mrs. Mrs. Clifton. Clifton. And they already know how they, they already found all the, dis, all, everything. They just need to figure out how it all relates, why it all relates to Shakespeare. You feel? Yeah. So, um. They know the how, but not the why. Yeah, and then, uh, by the next morning before they even, before everyone even shows up, Stefan is broken out of prison. He's a lockpick. Yep. He can pick any lock. Yep. Even with missing three fingers on one hand. <sighs> what a bitch. Um, also, Stefan broke into Isla's room and left her a note and all the maps and took Almost all the Tempests. Asking her to fix it before he changes his mind. A villain. A villain. A villain. A villain trying to have a character arc, but, but I mean, he does have a character arc, You just he just doesn't redeem himself. No, not, not, not a redeeming character arc where you yeah. can be like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... War Council, what does it all mean? The stone, the maps, how does it all relate to Shakespeare? They sit there and they're like, what the fuck is it? Helena Stone, they figure out, it's in all is well, it ends well. Alright, I was right. Um, where she's referred to as a healer and has a stone. Um, stone has healing po uh, properties, which is why Juliet was never sick growing up and why Isla wasn't hypnotized. Ooh, smart. Yeah. Smart, smart. So... They take a break, and Isla takes... Oh, it's gonna break your heart. Takes food up to Miles, who's been in his room all morning. Uh-huh. And she finds him crushing up a bunch of Mrs. Clifton's favorite things, like teas and mm -hmm. cookies, to try and make a variant to make her get better. Oh, God! <laughs> and he's, like, sobbing while doing it. No, because that's, like, a mom to That's him. an eight-year-old. He's so eight. I had a what is he doing here, Riley, but I, I just had to break your heart instead. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you yeah. had to break your heart. I just had to break your heart instead. Oh, yeah, did you know that Shakespeare was terrified of someone digging up his bones, his grave? To the point where, writ where it's written on his tombstone not to do that. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, he, he, huge fear of it. Uh, is it 365? So the about. grave robber. So, written on his tombstone was... Good friend, for Jesus' sake, forbade to dig the dust and close hair. Blessed be ye, man, e, because uh, e, it's why, and spared these stones, and crust be he moves my bones. That's Shakespeare. And yep. cursed be he who moves my bones. Um, Shakespeare's bones are what scattered. That's the what they come up with. They're like, maybe it's Shakespeare's bones that were in the box that are scattered. So, they sneak out at midnight, all of them, uh, and they dig up the first box together. Yeah. The one in Clifton. And, and they have George open it for whatever reason. George is like, I guess I'll open it. And guess who B brings with them? Tom? Yeah! Yay! She brings Tom back. Um, and there's a box of bones. It's a box of bones. <laughs> so they're like, well, 
we found something. And originally they didn't find it and they were getting pissed and then Will was so mad because he can't help his mom, he's so frustrated, he just slams his shovel down and it hits something metal and they're like, oh. Grave robber. Grave robber. <laughs> Zydrate comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial. A little glass vial. And the little glass vial goes, goes into the, the gun, gun like a battery. Jesus, okay. Um, so they split Repo, up. Repo really came for this book, didn't it? So they split up, and they go to the last three places, two to each, and they agree to meet at Juliet's burnt down house. Okay. To rebury the bones. Okay. And, uh, of course, Ayla, God damn it, Isla and Will get there first, and Will, with the leftover wood, builds a coffin. And he's like, I never thought I'd be doing this. She can't hear him anyway. Well, they, they read each other's mouth. Ah. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot during this part. God bless. Um, I'm so bad at reading lips that if yeah. I had to do that, I'd be like, ah. Yeah, so why do you, oh, so then they kiss while they're waiting for everyone, and he touches her ear, and the little bump, and she automatically starts to recoil, and he goes, why do you hide it? It's so cute. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a man, what a man. I'm, I'm so... Uh, and then B and Tom come up with their shit, and B just, like, in, just all butt clap. She's just like, oh, please keep going. I've been waiting for this. Please, for the Lord of, please, please just keep, just, just keep just, kissing. Just go. Just, just, just keep just. kissing. <laughs> like, B is Captain Shipper. Um, George is a freak and arranges all the bones in the coffin when they all come back. Fuck George! Why is it George? Why does George know? Because he's the science one. He looks at all the he bones does and have he- biology. Yeah, he's the one who looks like, I think we have all the bones here. I arrange them in the coffin. Okay. They throw the necklace in there, too. Or the ring. And, um... So, as they start digging, we go back to our last Stefan chapter. And he jumps in front of the train he was meaning to jump in front of in the first chapter. Stefan kills himself. Very Nelson way to go out, too. Nelson, that bitch. I mean, Nelson was unwound. As he should have been. So, I mean, Jackass like... dirtbag. Anyway, so the disappearances... I hope, I hope that uh, Material World by Madonna played while he was getting a wild. Like, it was something like that. Like Funky Town was played for Funky Kano. Town. Won't you take me to Funky Town? Anyway, so the disappearances come back in the order that they left. Oh, so music comes back very early, alright. No, music comes back last. Sent first. Oh, the, the order that they disappeared yes. in. I understand. Yeah, yeah, So they put like three... Um, shovelfuls of dirt and they automatically get sent and Will goes Isla and they still can't hear each other and they're like they must be coming back in order keep keep burying keep burying and they all come back and then the town is just in this huge celebration and they're running through the streets and all of them get picked up except for Isla and Will who run back to the house oh to oh no and they meet Miles outside and they're like is Miss Clifton what's up with Miss Clifton they're like and he's like she's still upstairs I don't know what you mean can you smell that and they're like yes Miles it's not the point you're behind you're eight Great! <laughs> and so they run upstairs, and all I hear is, Malcolm? William? What's happening? It fixed! It, it fixed Clifton. And then she asks for Isla and, uh, and Miles, too, because she's like, where are they? I love them, too. Where are they? Ah! Uh, so I think injecting the piece back in again did something. It didn't. Because okay. all the variants stopped working too. Even the tempests, all of them. Oh, okay. All of them stopped working. Shit. As soon as the curse was reversed, 
everything stopped working. I'm like... Everything worked the way it should, yeah. and everything that was external stopped. So then the epilogue, or like the last chapter, is Isla's 17th birthday. Guess Isla's zodiac sign. Oh, this is hard. What, what like, group is it in? Like, earth, air, fire, water? I'm gonna tell you. Why are you a bitch? Um, Gemini Taurus? It would have been cooler if she was a Gemini. She was almost a Gemini. Cancer? Wait, she's, she's not a Gemini. May 11th. Or is she a Gemini? That's Taurus. Yeah, okay, yeah. She's almost Her birthday's coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Soon, next week, two weeks. Anyway, so she turned 17 on May 11th. And uh, they're having a huge 17th birthday party, and they can smell everything, and there's music, whatever. She gets a letter from her dad. They've been getting letters intermittently, except for there was a couple months in there where they didn't get any letters, and they were concerned that he had died. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's returning from war because he got a leg injury that will keep him from serving. And that's what those months were, was when he was in the hospital. And they couldn't do anything. Yep. Okay. So she'll be returning to Gardner in a month. Aww. But Will, in the last page, is them, she and, is she and Will sitting on the tree that they snuck out with. And he's saying, we have a future now, if you want it. You gave that to us. And she just goes, I do. And that's the end of the book. <sighs> Amazing. Wonderful. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. I need you to read it now, because uh, there's so much that I just kind of skipped. Not so much plot-wise, but, like, it's writing-wise. So... Yeah. Guys, that's a grab bag podcast. If you listen yeah. to this episode, God bless all the way you through. You need to you need you need to message me because um, I got a message from a volunteer cop politician. Anyway, uh, message me. I will make you brownies, like for real, for real. This is this episode. It's I'm not editing this till tomorrow because I need to take a nap and play Animal Crossing. But we're hitting the three-hour mark on this yeah, voice this memo. Is, this is a long episode. This is a long episode, but this book, Emily, you hurt me. You hurt me last year when I read this. You hurt me this year when I read it. Very well written. I'm such a Shakespeare nerd. I'm hurt. sorry that I ruined it for myself on the third page. Um, but I hope you all enjoyed it. Grab Bag Podcast. Our Insta is Grab Bag Pod. And our Twitter is Grab Bag Podcast, I think. Let me, oh, God damn it. Every time. Uh... Grab Bag Pod, Twitter's Grab Bag Podcast. I'm Ray Robbins, Riley's Theater Geek 244. We hit 300 followers. I forgot to mention it. I shaved my head. Good night. Farewell. Bye. Uh, All's well that ends well.